Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR... Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnets. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. that's been called. Yeah, so suddenly it's all gone uh, pretty flat out, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, good luck to everyone out there over the next six weeks surviving the endless um, cycle of election propaganda from all sides. And remember, the issues don't go away regardless of who gets in, so let's keep working towards system change. Uh, so we have a really special guest today. Uh, their name is Dean Mould. They're a resident up in Lismore. And as some of you uh, may remember, if you haven't been glazed over by the election uh, media, there has been a series of events happen in this country that have absolutely pointed to the fact that climate change is here and it's already happening and we need to do something very, very serious about it. Perhaps start by getting off fossil fuels uh, would be a really good start. Uh, You may remember before the pandemic, so in the pre-times, Jack, do you remember we had the summer of bushfires? Were you here in Australia? Yeah, I was, yeah. It's funny, my um, family, it was the first time they came here and, you know, what an introduction of there's this whole glassy-eyed thing of Australia being this beautiful land for people from, mm. especially from Europe. And actually, there's obviously quite a lot of issues with uh, climate change yeah. happening here, pretty pretty crum- confronting. Yeah, yeah, so we had the summer of bushfires uh, I saw some people protesting Scott Morrison yesterday and they were holding signs that said, doesn't hold a hose, uh, which was his famous quote as to why he was in Hawaii while, while while the country was on fire. And then, of course, we had a global pandemic, which we're still in the midst of, and there are new varieties of uh, COVID coming out all the time. Uh, and then, of course, most recently in southern Queensland and northern New South Wales, and in fact all the way down to Sydney, Uh, We've had two terrible floods uh, and perhaps the most affected city uh, town in Australia has been Lismore, who has been hit devastatingly hard both times. And in fact, I've seen uh, some people on Twitter saying that this may be the town that is the first victim to climate change in Australia, that it may be impossible to rebuild or take years to rebuild. Uh, So we're going to bring on Dee. Uh, Dee is a resident up there who has lived through both the floods and um, I believe I saw Dee's post uh, yesterday saying they were camping like many of their neighbours outside their house uh, that was totally flooded Uh, and we can put some links up to some photos and information after the show. Dee, uh, are you there on the line, Dee? I am. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Dirt Radio and thank you for joining us today all the way up in Lismore. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm actually talking to you from the the shell of our house. So, we're, um, you know, we're trying to um, reline the house today. So Right. It feels quite appropriate talking to you. Yeah. Uh, the timing is, is everything. 
Um, Dee, for listeners down here in Melbourne, it it feels almost like a world away. Um, You know, we've been watching everything play out. Many of us have friends or family uh, that live up that way, either in Queensland or northern New South Wales. Uh, And it's been uh, quite um, heart-wrenching to watch what has happened up there. I was wondering if you could please take our listeners through what happened because you've been hit by two floods in the space yeah. of a month. Can, can you talk us through just a little bit of what happened to you in particular up there? Yeah, sure. So they, I, live in, I live in a Queenslander house, yep. which um, is built to survive, I think, about a 12-metre flood to at the bottom of our floor. And on the 28th, I think it was, they advised us, they gave us a flood warning but they seriously underestimated how big the flood was going to be or the time it would arrive. So the warning, the last warning I received told me to get out by 6am and I think they estimated it. The levee tops at 10.5 metres and they estimated the flood to be just a little bit bigger than that. What happened was the flood, by 3am, people in my street were hanging from their roofs. Oh my god! Um, just uh, it's still quite raw. Uh, yeah, sorry. no, that's um, and the flood. The flood went to. They, nobody really truly knows how high the flood went mm. because just the, you know the, the monitoring stations, everything was just you know inundated and collapsed. Yeah. So a good a good estimate is fourteen and a half meters. Which is huge. On the wall of the pump house, they have the various records marked, and it's a massive jump. It's a you know the previous record. Mm. Um, I can't remember the exact number. I think it might have been eleven and a half meters, something like that. Twelve meters, twelve and a half meters. But we went to fourteen and a half, and um, it's not. People say our oh, Lismore regularly floods. It does flood, but not to that level. What hit us? was a complete um, complete supercharged weather system. Um, yeah. And, sorry. And, um, yeah, and so we, we left our, our house at about 11 o'clock at night because we lost our nerve. You could feel the, the, the rain and the storm was not a normal event, and yeah. we waded out um, at 11 o'clock on the night before and then went back into the town in a boat and was pulling people out of their houses. Um, for so, the sorry, most you, of the you, you managed to escape in the dark, your own yep. house flooding, and then you spent the rest of the night pulling people out of their houses? Uh, no, I went, I, I went back at, at just after dawn. Okay. There were, there were people on the water through the night. Um, the, you know, I went back at dawn. We rescued 15 people and some animals. Um, wow. You know, um, it's not an unusual story. It wasn't only myself and mm. our boat. There was a whole fleet of boats. Um, I was on the water for seven hours and I didn't see a state response. I didn't see any police boats. I saw two really inappropriate inflatable SES boats that actually capsized and their crews and the people they were rescuing required rescuing. Oh. So the whole um, response on the day of the flood was community driven and it was amazing. And um, the mayor, I think the mayor, the 
following morning thanked us for rescuing 4,000 people. Wow. And, um, you know, what happened on the water was intensely challenging. Yeah. And um, so then um, from that, um, eight stations opened. We was faced with, you know, a complete, the town was completely smashed. Um, the outlying shops that weren't smashed were quickly overwhelmed. So everything shut down. Mm. And um, what happened was um, the community stepped up. There was, while we was trying, we had to empty our houses out. We took all our belongings out on the street and, you know, that was, everything was destroyed. And mm. while we was doing that, people were feeding us from the backs of their cars. They was bringing us water and, um, yeah, just the community protected itself and it was beautiful. And then, the, you know, the government effort turned up a bit later. It was, you know, completely what you'd expect all over the place. Um, they, they, I, I still haven't really had government support. They gave me $1,000 really quick yeah. and then they upped that. They gave me another, um, you know, another $1,000. And I see that as just money to get me out of the way. Um, I've seen them on, on the television and whatnot saying they're going to house people, that there's motorhomes available. Um, I've got a motorhome in my front garden at the moment and I've got a caravan in my front garden. That was provided by the community. Our friends have provided us that. Um, right. So, that... so all the talk of of government getting in there and providing assistance is actually stuff that is being done primarily by community to community. Yeah, absolutely. Curry, Curry Mail did a fundraiser that went. I think that went over a million dollars. They've been amazing, and they've just been handing that aid out where it's needed. Yeah. Just literally, just throwing it on trucks and it, taking it where it's needed. You know, there was all the talk about troops. There are a lot of troops in town now, but that was very slow coming. Yeah. You know, the, the 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 response was really slow, and an aid station sprung up. That and it, it was erected the day before Scott Morrison turned up, and I was riding around town on a push bike. I see that it sprung up the day before, and it's not there now. It left for the second flood and hasn't <laughs> returned. Um, yes. You know, and then and then you've got Scott Morrison come to town. You know, he came here. He did. Yeah, a how did how did the how did the locals respond to Scott Morrison coming into town? There was a lot of people very keen to speak to Scott Morrison. I bet. And yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'll be honest. I didn't have as much energy to confront him as I normally would. <laughs> I was overwhelmed, but I did go and have a look, and he did a, a close press conference with 55 police officers out the front to protect him from the community. Wow. You know, when we was on the water, you know, like uh, my neighbours were drowning. There was no police to protect us. Yeah. And then and then Scott Morrison got, I counted, 55 police officers in a line. Wow. And, um, you know, and you couldn't talk to him. Um, you know, he visited a few businesses that he knew would be sympathetic he went completely out of his way to get the to avoid the inevitable images of angry Lismore residents confronting him because we know this is about climate change. Yeah. You know, this is about you know fossil fuel industries, and that's where he gets his bucks. Yeah. So he knew he would be unpopular, and he he 
flew in and flew, you know, he came in and came out very quickly. Classic uh, Scotty from marketing um, example. Absolutely. Yeah. I suppose, Dee, just to further what you've already said, especially about climate change there, um, I mean, we've recently had their budget come out and say that, what, they're going to give about $150 million a year just to invest in the renewable industry and then their idea of dealing with these situations is to give a try and give a handout so it's a plaster not looking at the actual root of these issues and I suppose for the community that you live in which is um, I know people from around there and it's very diverse and there's a lot of people who have mixed opinions about um, the state of climate change and the state of politics yeah. but how do they come together in these scenarios and is it a consensus that are people really coming to terms with the fact that this is definitely just climate-backed and they're banding together between that. I know that there's a uh, Liberal senator up there that had basically denounced Morrison off the back of his um, the way that they were giving out funding, for example, the family that I know up there in Kyogle, and they definitely prioritised constituents that were in line with the Liberal Party. So I just wonder what's the general consensus up there with the um, with you know, I suppose climate change and how these things are now affecting the long-term livability of these areas. Nobody I talk to has in Lisbon has denied that this is linked to climate change. I haven't heard anyone. I will, you know, I guess my circles are my circles, but I do, you know, live a full life in Lismore and I I mix with the community, and I have, you know. Nobody's denying this is linked to climate change in Lismore. It obviously is. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a climate refugee at the moment. Mm. I've, I, you know, I've got nowhere to live. There's lots of us in Lismore that have got nowhere to live. You know, people are having to leave the community. I think it's a very realistic proposition that Lismore is unviable, you know? Mm. Um, so we've, we've lost the town to climate change in Australia. And... If our government continues to support extractive industries and continues to drag its heels on, you know, transmission, trans, you know, change into um, more sustainable ways of generating our e- energy, they're harming us. Yeah. And they need to go. <laughs> this sounds very similar to after the bushfires where communities were left to defend for themselves, basically. Um, yeah. Dee, we're just going to take a, a quick break Uh, Please stay on the line and we'll come back and continue this really important conversation. Yeah, sure. You're on Dirt Radio. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years, we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires, there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains. And the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and the Naro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter. You're back on Dirt Radio with Sam and Jack and we're talking to Dee Mould, a resident of Lismore who's just been through the most traumatic and horrific experience. And I'm 
I'm sure there are many people out there that have either experienced floods or fires that can identify with how raw it is for Dee and for all of the Lismore community. Uh, Dee, thanks again for being with us on Dirt Radio. I guess I had a question about uh, communications when the floods came. Um, So during the summer of bushfires, one of the things that was really identified afterwards was, you know, mobile towers were knocked out. Uh, people were left with no way to communicate um, and they, therefore it made it really hard for people to get out, to know what was going on. Uh, you already mentioned that the flood warnings came quite late um, and didn't really reflect what was going on in terms of urgency. I'm just really curious to know, did the Lismore community face a similar situation where mobile towers were down, where people couldn't communicate during this period? They tell me that a tower did go down. Um, I didn't lose phone. The internet went really slow, you know, at times. But it wasn't so much a lack of ability to access. It was more the... um, the missing, you know, the, the the rubbish nature of the warnings from, you know, the, the authorities. Yeah. It, you know, they, they was confusing and inaccurate. And, um, you know, we, we nearly stayed in our house because they told us to get out by 6 a.m. Right. We decided that wasn't a good idea. But the story is the same with everyone. Hey, we woke up early. We set an alarm. We woke up early, but when we woke up, we were so, people woke up and their beds were floating. Yeah, you know, yeah, they 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 got it wrong, and um, and, and then so you think, you know, obviously they would brush that up and they would learn, but then when the second flood came, they gave a flood warning, then they withdrew the flood warning, and then they reinstated the flood warning. It didn't seem a lot. You know, it didn't seem a lot more accurate to me. Luckily, most people have lost everything anyhow. And, you know, it was a more regular flood, the second one. But, um, you know, the the nature of it and then the the rescue effort was coordinated like so many other things on sort of social media and through people's networks. Um, The government let us down, eh? And... um, Mm. I, I almost get that with the immediate response to the flood. I almost get that, mm. that, you know, they didn't have a huge armada of boats stationed in Lismore. Yes. But the, the, the immediate response to the, um, to the disaster, because it's a disaster, has been appalling. Mm. And, um, you know, just everything, I guess everything's overwhelmed, but there's, there should be more of it if it's overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, like um, the the social worker that the government organised for me to um, talk about because they said I was probably traumatised rung me up yesterday, you know, from the first flood. Wow. Um, that's a big wait, isn't it? It's a very um, long wait when you've experienced the, the kind of trauma that the people of Lismore yeah. have, including yourself, yeah. They're saying that there's this is available, that's available. But when, to be honest with you, when I try and access it, I'm overwhelmed. And I Mm. sit in an emergency centre and I try and explain that I'm overwhelmed and I can't function. Yeah. And, you know, there's people in in worse states than me. So so many people aren't accessing the support they're entitled to. It should just be almost automatic. Yes. You know, prove who you are. Prove, you know, prove it once. 
and then just get what you're entitled to. It should be easy, and it, it's not. Yeah. You know. And just a follow, I suppose, with um, you spoke about the great community response, and that's kind of in a lot of instances all you've had. Um, and how do the community feel? And where? What's? That's a big question, but what sort of next is? Is do people still have, you know, faith that they can still live in Lismore? How are the feeling? Yeah, yeah I, I think the community response is ongoing. You've got the two big, um, the two big organised things are the curry mail response and um, Resilient Lismore. Both are still running volunteers. Both are still doing work on houses. Um, there's a, a, a CAF, uh, Food Not Bombs, which is run by the um, NIFA, North East Forest Alliance. That's still giving out free food. They left for the second flood, but obviously they had to. They're back. Um, I think, the, you know, I'm proud of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... <laughs> Yeah, I can say it's still raw. I, you know, I, I love the community here. The community here is amazing. It's strong, and I feel safe here. But, you know, the government has always let me down. I've, I've not trusted them very much. Um, mm. And now I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm a bit more scared of them than I ever was, you know? Um, yeah. Sorry. I mean, it seems to me, Dee, whenever there is these kind of climate disasters going on, the silver lining is always the resilience and the adaptability of communities to support each other through mutual aid. And, um, yeah, I guess that is always a silver lining. However, it's, yeah. you know, we know that uh, the impacts of climate change are going to get worse and continue. Um, yeah. And I guess if there was, uh, just to finish up on, if there was one thing that you could say to the government, to the politicians of Australia around your experience and what's potentially coming for many other towns uh, on, on the Australian coast, uh, particularly around the flood areas, uh, what, what, what would be the main thing that you would want them to hear or to say? Well, I want them to acknowledge that they failed. I want them to acknowledge that um, people died because yeah. of the lack, lack of effective response. And I want them to, um, I want them to bring in decent policies on climate. Yes. You know, I want them to. You know, I, I just left town for a couple of days, and you know, just out of town, they're, they're cutting down the state forest. You know, they're, they're digging coal mines. It's like I, I want, I want them to start um, having a duty of care for us. I want them to mm. stop challenging their duty of care and own up to it and face up to it and start looking out for us as human beings. Yeah. I think that's a, a really good message and, um, you know, as Jack mentioned, obviously the budget is not very encouraging in terms of the current government's commitment to acting on climate uh, and to taking adaptation and mitigation seriously. Uh, Dee Mulder, I want to thank you very much for being with us on today's show uh, I'm so sorry that that you have been put in this situation, um, but it is wonderful to hear that the community is is pulling together. Uh, yeah. What 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 can we do down here in Melbourne uh, to to support you guys up there? Because we feel kind of helpless. Uh, what what are some of the things that people that aren't in the flood zone can do? I I think um, get behind one of the organised. Um you know, relief, non-government relief um, 
efforts, and I think the most appropriate one is obviously the Curry Mail. The Curry Mail have shined, you know, yes. a lot of people have got behind them, and you know, we was doing food runs for them. They 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 weren't worried where that food was going, what community it was going to. They supported the whole of Lismore, yeah. so they have a um, a crowdfunder up. I think it's Bunjalung Flood Relief, organised by Curry Mail. Chuck some money their way, eh? Yeah. <laughs> chuck, chuck some money their way and put pressure on the government to, you know, bring in climate change, yeah, climate policies. Very, I don't know. I ain't got an answer. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, and I believe you've also got your own crowdfunder going. Uh, you've lost everything in this process as well. Uh, and to yeah. listeners out there, we will put links so that you can find out more about Dee's story, but also about Corey Mail and any other community efforts. Uh, Friends of the Earth Melbourne also has a web page up that is listing all of the community efforts in the front flood zones. Uh, so you yeah. can check that out as well. Uh, Dee, please take care of yourself. Uh, yep. Really good to talk. Thank you for letting us know what's going on up there and sending lots of love and solidarity to you and all of our mates up in Lismore. Thank you. And sorry it was so emotional. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> totally understandable. And honestly, my heart is with you and you're an amazing person, Dee. So thank you for all Thanks. the work you've done in the community as well. Uh, it can't have been easy and I really hope that... Um, the government steps up their efforts in providing support to you and everyone else. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, T. Thanks, Dee. You're on Dirt Radio with Sam and Jack. Jack, we've got about five minutes left. Uh, what's going on? Anything else you wanted to talk about or just follow up on what Dee had to say? Oh, wow. It's um, very... A loss for words, to be honest, just yeah. just to hear somebody that's experienced something so raw. And essentially, I think that we can be very shielded from it in the cities sometimes. And the repercussions of the decisions made in cities often fall on places out of them. And yeah, I, I just yeah really feel for D. And it was quite a, you know, as as somebody that is new to Australia, it's just, you know difficult for me to put into words to be honest that's that's how, yeah. I, how I feel about it but yeah. um very positive about the community there banding together and really it shines a light on what essentially we have as people when push comes to shove um yeah it's just us hey yeah, it's absolutely. the government is not going to come and save us or rescue us and i think that becomes glaring in these situations where there's a lot of people that it's not until you have that a bit of a Trishan, something that happens in mm. the community bands around it and really it doesn't matter about what side of what fence you're on because the only thing that you've got is what's in front of you you know and really that's what's important i i believe that that's kind of what's important for us but yeah anyway want to <laughs> vote wisely this election 100%. whatever you do and uh continue to build community support and resilience that is what will get us through these tough times uh, you've been listening to Dirt Radio. Uh, we are on 3CR. Don't forget you can sign up and support Radical Radio uh, at 3CR or you can also become a member of Friends of the Earth. Just go to Friends of the Earth Melbourne's website and uh, sign up to become a member there. As we said, we will post some links and notes if you want to get behind the Koori Mail or any of the other community efforts 
Don't give money to Peter Dutton's fund. Uh, please get behind the extraordinary community who have literally been rescuing each other now for well over a month. Uh, now more than ever, we need to act on climate and to place life and care at the centre of our policies and our systems. And, you know, it's when we're talking about internally displaced people in Australia over climate change, a first world country, you know that the shit has hit the fan. Yeah, it's coming through it at a speed. Yeah. We'll be back. Oh, no, we won't be back next week. It's Easter Tuesday. We'll be uh, playing uh, either a surprise pre-record or a uh, past show for you. Enjoy the Easter break and use the time to talk to your relatives about climate change and the need for action. Absolutely. It was uh, good spending the time with you, Sam. You too, Jack. Have a good break. You too. Well, if you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, I sure know where you are. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. We'll check out the happening vibe. They're gonna ring up and subscribe. If you listen to three, say, oh, flap your hands. What? Who the hell is that? Earth Greetings have been making sustainable, beautiful since 2003. Their 100% recycled cars, plastic-free stationery and earth-friendly gifts are made in Australia with the lightest possible planetary footprint.